Action Podcast, a division of Space Action Heroes, a webcomic you can find at spaceactionheroes.com. I am Chris Carson. Deniso and Java. What are we talking about this week, DC? We are taking a 25-year silver anniversary retrospective look back on the year 1994. What a year it was. God damn what a year it was. And uh, so uh, I watched a, uh, I mentioned this earlier, that I watched a 13-minute uh, YouTube video where it was a bit, basically two-second clips from literally everything that came out in 1994. It was quite a nostalgic bucket of ice water over my head. <laughs> but I wrote down, because I figured you had a bunch of stuff too, I just I wrote do. down a, like a, a bullet point list of ridiculous things from, from that thing. Mm-hmm. So we can, I guess we can just sort we just of... Just hop around. Just hop around. I mean, I'm just thinking, trying to think. So I went seven, going on eight. I don't, I hate having to... Date you said myself. it before. Good I fun. know. Um, so in 1994, I was 12. Uh-huh. 12 turning 13. So we were still wide-eyed, like, the world is our oyster. Look at these amazing things. Yeah, just coming out of Jurassic Park. That yeah. was the thing that made me want to make movies. I was like, I want to yeah. do this. Yeah. I think I would have been neck deep in alternative grunge music. My sister, if I was eight, seven, eight, she would have been 15, 16, and she was in uh, high mm-hmm. school. And she came back from Toronto, like, have you heard about these bands from Seattle? They're saying it's like this new wave of music called Alternative. Really? Yeah, and she made me this mixtape of like Alice in Chains, U2, uh, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, um, and just all these fucking little alternative bands. I remember I memorized all the words to Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so like early 94, like I'm just looking at the music list earlier. It was kind of nuts. Like it makes me realize music and movies... I'm not. I haven't really looked at television, but that was the, everything was firing on all cylinders at that point. We man. made the point with the Matrix podcast saying that that kind of was the apex of Western civilization. Mm. And when you like looking at what happened in 1994, looking at what happened in any year in the 90s, kind of proves that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, on that topic, though, in the late 90s, I remember having a similar experience with ska. Like, this, is, <laughs> this new type of music, ska, the, the mighty, mighty boss tones, and then it, what? It came and died in like two years. Pretty. <laughs> It just came and went. <laughs> I remember being so confused by it, and all my little punk friends were all into it. Sky like, is essentially, like, don't get me wrong, I'll, like, you put on Sublime, I'm all in, but like... It's so it's, weird. It's like the disco of punk music. Yeah. Like, it didn't really kind of stick around But for then it, it has like that, that like, Jamaican island exactly. sound to it, yep. which is, so it's just punk with... with an upbeat kind an of upbeat feel. An upbeat thing. Like, yep. it's so stupid. It's like someone <laughs> figured out that upstroke guitar, like, ding, ding, ding. And they just went nuts with it. It became a genre. I never understood it, and I still don't to this day. (laughs) (laughs) So what? 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 What what were your top movies of '94? Like, what was the like of all the ones you looked at the list and you're like, holy fuck, that one? So again, '94 was 12, turning 13. Um, I remember the year before, I was really excited for Flintstones, and then Jurassic Park came out, and that kind of sank. Right. And then I saw Flintstones, and even as, like, a little 12-year-old, I was like, this is fucking stupid. I liked it. Really? Well, I guess, well, you would have seen it a lot younger. There's there's something to be said about even a few years of, like, if you see something at 9 versus 12. Right, right. It just completely obliterates it. But I remember that year, I, I went... And saw by myself Forrest Gump, and I really by yourself. I did. I was just like, it was a movie time. I think my parents were at the mall or whatever, sure. doing whatever, and I was like, I'm gonna go check out Forrest Gump. And as a little kid, that movie 
blew my mind. Just yeah. like the technical side of it, the score, because I was just starting to get really big into and score music. Tom, yeah, the score is very Netflix. It's amazing. And Tom Hanks just crushing it. This is a lovable, handy, capable fellow. Yeah. He didn't go full, full retard. <laughs> and I'm using that as a quote. <laughs> it's true, though. He didn't go uh, full the big R. But... I don't know. My favorite thing about that flick, because now, yeah, okay. nowadays, like looking back on it, like that movie was ninety four. He starts coming. In, he's like this story starts like in the fifties, right, with Elvis. Yeah. So we're looking at like what a forty year gap. It's twenty nineteen. We go back forty years. That's nineteen seventy nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's not that long ago. So what I love about that movie, if you were in your fifties watching that movie in ninety four, you're like, Oh my god. It's my childhood. It's my childhood. You're just you're just rewinding the clock. Yeah. And seeing how much kinetic energy wasn't that long ago. Like you had fucking the rock and roll movement, you had Vietnam, yeah, yeah, you had yeah. fucking uh the, the hippie movement, you had the civil rights movement, you had fucking the the craze of the eighties, the Cold War, the fucking like it's just you're like, Oh my god, I guess there there was a this insane piece of Boost. time. There was this boom. Yeah. yeah, and we managed to lace a character through all of it in a way that you, like, halfway through that movie, you should be like, "Oh fuck you!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, did he go to the moon as well? Like, this is he does in the book. I know in the book with a monkey, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. And then he crashes on an island, has to play chess every night with a cannibal to save his life for like five years. Really? Yeah, it's very weird. The book is weird. Why would they take that out? That sounds uh, like excellent entertainment. Yeah, I know. I think they replaced that whole ending with him running. That's not in the book. He just runs. Because the book is... is that in, why that part sucks? Yeah, the book's not <laughs> sweet at all. It's just a weird comedy kind of thing. It's not, like, it doesn't hit the same, in my opinion, it doesn't hit the same sort of social uh, levels as the movie does. It's just it's just weird. So <laughs> I guess that takes Robert Zemeckis, because that dude always has an uh, eye for shit in the past. Like, if you look at uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Back, Back to, to the, the Future, future. Yeah. like, the dude clearly has one foot stuck in the 50s. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of interesting, maybe the dude was just like, people don't appreciate this time as much as they should, about yeah. how batshit insane American history was back then. I know everyone talks about it, but Little Forest would have been an AIDS baby. Because <laughs> oh. J- Jenny, Jenny... Ha- uh, oh, I'm sorry, Haley Joel Osment, yeah, Forrest. Okay, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. Jenny definitely has AIDS when she fucks Forrest, so he was super lucky to not have gotten... Is that what she dies of? Cause, yeah, she dies of AIDS. In the book? In the movie, in the book, she lives, but then in the sequel, he just kills her off unceremoniously because the sequel's more of a sequel to the movie. He pulled oh, out the Lost World. Man. But yeah, no, it's because in the movie, she just says they got something. They don't know what it is. It's something new yeah, in yeah, the yeah. 80s. Yeah. It was AIDS. And like, it's implicated she'd be fucking around for a long time. For a time. long, long time. And, um, and shoot needles. So, yeah. yeah so, so it's two for two. And she cleaned up after she banged Forrest and disappeared. So she fucked Forrest with AIDS. So does that mean Forrest has the vi- at least the HIV virus in his blood? Maybe Forrest, despite his, you know, disadvantage, had the wherewithal to use a rubber. To use a condom? Because so. Sally Field suffered no fools, Chris. But Carson. no, but then she got pregnant. She, she got Shit. pregnant with baby. <laughs> Shit, never mind. <laughs> Assuming, again, the other assumption being, is it even Forrest's kid? Is the AIDS baby even Forrest's kid? Because... <laughs> <It's> because- <laughs> Because she, at the end, she's like, I'm broke, I'm a waitress, you're a oh, billionaire, I'm dying, uh, this is your kid. Oh, can you imagine how... But no, because when they're watching Bert and Ernie, they, they cock both, their head they the same way. So. Cock their head like a curious cocker spaniel. Yeah, yeah, so that's fine. Yeah. Why you gotta take this away from me? Yeah. I don't know, Jenny's a piece of shit. Jenny is a piece of shit. 
Jenny is the worst. Objectively yeah. the worst. Yeah, no, that's the one problem I have with that movie. Like, they try to build, like, this sweet relationship between the two. I'm like, you're kind of the worst. Yeah. Like, this kid is literally fawning after you. And you just, just dragging him along, yeah. wafting that pussy at him every once in a while to yeah. get what you want. And then every now and then, and then when you show up into his life, you fucking break his heart and just take, just off, take off every fucking time. And also, just from a character perspective, it's like it's pretty lazy. It's like little girl gets raped by dad, gets drug addiction, fucks uh, like strings a guy along, eventually dies and gives him her baby. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> it's not a very well developed character. No, no. I should put it that way. No, no, Jenny, Jenny, what are you talking about? Jenny's Jenny? the classic thing that that is 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 rightfully disappearing more and more now. She's just motivation. Yeah, yeah, she is you very know, much. She's so. not really a character. Although she did facilitate one of the greatest lines and definitely Forrest's best line and possibly one of the best in movie history. Was, I'm sorry. I'm the fight and ruined your black panther party. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is yeah. my favorite line of that movie. I like when uh, I don't remember the exact line, but when he comes all over her sheets and then he's like, "I've ruined your sheets," and then it just pans down and like the roommate's awake. She's there the entire time. Ah, <laughs> uh, Forrest came really quickly, but it would make well, sense. It would make sense. He's never even seen a boob, yeah. let alone touched one. And then she was just all strung out and fucked up from some boyfriend who just yelled at her. So she's like grabbing. Wait, Forrest's wasn't that dick. the scene where they're in the back of the car? She beats. He beats up the, yeah. letter, the guy in the Letterman jacket, and right? he pulls her. He pulls her out and takes her to her room, and yeah. then she's like, "Well, I got to touch a dick tonight." Yeah, about to say like, once again, like. <laughs> Like, oh, you ruined my date, but like, Jenny need to get off. Yeah. So I'm not not touching a dick tonight, <laughs> even if it's a little forest dick. And it's kind of weird if you think about it, because she's in college at that point. She's like, I have this friend who's a little, a little bit slow, but I'm gonna invite him over. And like, you ever touched a boo before, Forrest? I'm just yeah. gonna whip my tit out. But you, yeah, like, what is wrong with you, girl? Like, yeah. I don't know. And then oh, she's also the. I'm gonna rag on Jenny one last thing, and then we'll move on. Um, is, I, love, I love when she's working as a stripper and she comes out as a stripper and starts playing like how, how many, many roads yep. and then she gets pissed off when they're when the crowd gets upset by it it's like what are you expecting she's, to happen in this scenario like a what fucking strip club is gonna <laughs> sit there patiently as you sing your acoustic yeah. ballad oh well this is beautiful you're like, come on, like, you're at a strip club filled with the worst types yeah. of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, shh, God, shh. She's singing that song she didn't write. Yo, shut up! Shut up! <laughs> I know you came for tits, but I came for tunes. But yeah, I think, like, that's that's my last line on Forrest Gump. <laughs> but, um, eh, great movie. You know what I just watched? Hmm. Uh, I forgot, was it 94? Fucking Ed Wood. Oh, yeah, I had Ed Wood on my list, too. Which I think is, like, the best fucking... Tim Burton movie. Yep, hands down. You Ironically, I mean? without uh, his, uh, Danny Elfman. With no Danny Elfman, which kind of sucks, but I still the love... Score's the score's amazing. The score's still great. Yeah. Um, but it's got... I like, Watching it this time, <clears throat> recently, it made me realize that like when you take away the dude's paranormal shit and all his toys... He can write like a sincerely good, heartfelt movie. Mm. Uh, you know, that shows like... Well, he didn't write it at all. It, the writers of Ed Wood are now... Oh, they're doing Dolomite. They're doing Dolomite. Right, right. I mean, I guess craft it. I, yeah, I think that's it's he, more indicative of like because he just came off of Edward Scissorhands, mm-hmm. where he kind of brought Vincent Price out of retirement. Mm-hmm. So his relationship with Vincent Price was kind of mirrored in the movie with Ed Wood with Ed and Wood Bella Lugosi. And Bella, yeah. So it's kind of like a weird eulogy. Oh, was he Bella Lugosi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who is it? Uh, that he says can eat my shit. The mummy. Boris. That's Boris Karloff. Sorry, <laughs> Karloff. I guess I always, <laughs> always flip those two around. I always think it's Karloff. Oh, uh, yeah. that's one of my favorite lines. Mm. Karloff. 
Sorry. Sidekick? <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> uh, Martin Lando's awesome in that movie. But yeah, like, he is er- amazing. Everything about that flick, just like the, it's so patient. You don't really know exactly what you're getting into yep. until he starts making the first movie, and you're like, oh, he's terrible at yep. this. Oh, that's what's happening. He's like, not just, but he's he's the thing I think that I've mentioned this many times before that separates good bad movies from bad bad movies. Mm. So he's passionately terrible. Yes. He's not making fucking Sharknado because no. he knows it's a joke. He's making something he thinks is art. And it's it's so endearing. Like, I think it's the first scene where you start to realize, like, oh, he's not very good at this. They're yeah. reading the reviews for the play that they did. You know, <laughs> and, yeah, like, yeah. it's all just ripping the play. But he's just like, you see that? They said the costumes were very believable. Some I've read reviews before where they don't even mention the mention costumes. costumes yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, you naive bastard. I want to see the like gritty sequel that goes into his like slow descent into porn, porn movies. Yeah, that'd be interesting. You could get Johnny Depp now to easily play that oh, role. Oh, fuck yeah. yeah he kind of looks the part. It might tank the movie, though, at this point. <laughs> oh, no, he's the new Invisible Man, isn't he? When they try to do the monster mashing They're not first. doing that anymore. Is that completely canceled? Oh, that's so dead. Because I heard that there were still... Potentially going forward with Angelina Jolie as a Bride of Frankenstein. I think that's dead. A compl- so now that's because it was third the, false start on the Monster Mash. It universe? was the Tom Cruise Mummy, and then the bit was the Benicio Werewolf part of that. Fran- uh, Benicio Werewolf wasn't part of that, but Dracula Untold was supposed to be their first uh, entry into the cinematic universe. Okay. And then there was something else too. There was something else where they thought it was a false start. And I don't remember what it goddamn was now. Yes. How, I, I, it's, again, it's one of those things, like, are there a bunch of octogenarians out there just like, bring back the universal monsters? It's so That's over. my MCU! Yeah. Like, and, and you got so many of them already, just enjoy what, what, what you have. Yeah, like, why go back to the, like, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't see a need for another Dracula. No, Dracula's dead and loving it. You know what I'm saying? Oh my God. <laughs> right? Like, was that 94? Oh, I wish that was 94. I don't know. When was Bram Stoker's? That one was fucking... Bram Stoker's was... Was that... 90? I don't that think so. 92, That, that would have come up. That sounds like it was 92. It's a little early. Like, if I'm looking at the cast... Yeah, 92. 92. It's just a little too early. And then dead and loving it was later. Like, 98, 97, I think. Which is... It's just a ridiculous movie. Yeah, that movie was 95, actually. 95. We were off by a year. Hmm. But, um, yes, enough with the Universal Monsters. <laughs> like, seriously, Remake guys. Ed Wood, if anything. Your new Universal Monsters you've already beaten to death, and they're, they're called dinosaurs. No, no, for real. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> what else you got? Um, now to follow this. I'm just going to start at the top here, because uh-huh. a lot of these are going to be, like, 30-second mentions, which is Earthworm Jim came out. Cartoon, the video game. The video game. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was obsessed with that damned game, Sega Genesis, Earthworm Jim. Mm-hmm. Just the everything about it, the fact that you had to like fling cows to get through levels, to smash through barriers, and you're after some... I don't even... I think you were after some sort of princess, I think? I never played it. I watched the cartoon, no? but I never played it. I was a Nintendo kid, dude. Mm. It was just on Genesis, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was... Uh, I haven't a lot... Because I didn't sit and go down a rabbit hole of researching Earthworm Jim or anything. I just know that that game was a lot of fun. And they, there's been talk of a new game coming out for like five years oh, now. Oh, cool, cool. But I don't know. It's like I think it just keeps stalling out. Because uh, at, at one point they released, they were going to do like an animated movie, and then they were releasing some some. What was the premise? Designs. Why was he just a worm in a human suit? What was it was um, that suit was I, I uh, ironically a little space action heroesy without even realizing it until I looked back into it. Is the suit's just an alien suit and it lands on an earthworm? 
<laughs> and so then the earthworm goes Bleh! and gets mutated into this like fight suit. And he's That's like, fucking clever. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like that. It just happened to land on. So it's him. very uh, Green Lantern and weird. The ring just yeah. picked him. It's, okay. it's very, I, I went with space action heroes, but that might have been a little self-aggrandizing. Uh, a little shameless plug. A little shameless plug. Space right there. action heroes. Space action heroes. Dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> um, what else came out that year? Nancy Kerrigan happened that year. Oh, wow! Smashing for, wow. for that's the, my favorite part of the wow. For those of you who don't know, she was an Olympic uh, figure skater, mm-hmm. and she didn't like the competition, so she smashed out the knee with like she had her boyfriend smash out a woman's knee, Tanya Harding, Tanya Harding's knee with a like a like a crowbar, and got caught. It's sort of like that whole what's his name Jesse Small Smollett's. It's like, I think he got it backwards, man. Tanya Harding organized the attack, and Nancy Kerrigan was the one. Oh, that, she was the victim. She was the victim. Yeah. Okay. So uh, uh, in ni- January 1994, an assailant used a police baton to strike Kerrigan on her landing knee. The attacker was hired by the ex-husband of her rival, Tanya Harding. And so did she? Did uh, much like having like acid thrown in your face? <laughs> did she? Yeah. Did she pretend she knew nothing about it and then got caught, or did it was it's, it immediately sort of? I mean, it's not a lot of fucking paper to follow. Right, yeah. And I remember, I think I remember the footage. She was coming off a of practice during the '94 Olympics, and this dude just runs out with a baton. It's like, okay, who else is this emotionally invested enough right. to stop right, right, you right, right. of all people? Not and the, why do it in public? Why do it? Public, there was cameras rolling and yeah. everything. I don't wait till she's getting out of a cab at Seriously. like 11.30 at night. Push her down some steps at the hotel. Right? I, I never understood this crime. It was one of the most bizarre things that ever happened. But again, I just love that photo. Wow. wow. <laughs> <laughs> what was the other? I had another. Um, oh, OJ. Oh, the, the, bron- the famous Bronco The chase. juice! The famous Bronco chase happened in 1994. Turning on the news as a little kid, not really understanding what the fuck's going on. You're like, oh, what's going on? It's like a car chase on TV. <laughs> I remember we were watching The Simpsons, and then Fox kept being like, we have breaking news on the blah, blah, oh, yeah, yeah. and I was like, fucking who? And my dad had to be like, remember the guy from the Naked Gun movie? <laughs> <Like, laughs> I was like, what yeah. did he do? He killed his wife. I was like, what? Wife and a dude. Her and her boyfriend. Lover, yeah. And it was kind of the weirdest thing, because I think that's the first high-profile case where a celebrity was charged with murder, Yeah. let alone the drama of him leading a slow car chase in the middle of L.A. Yeah. I mean, one, innocent people don't fucking do that. No. And then it became like a, it became a, a race battle mm-hmm. at that point. Where it didn't uh, matter if he was guilty or innocent, it was about all the fucking riots and shit that were happening. Well, and also because Furman, one of the, the investigators, Super I think... Super racist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it became this race thing yeah. where all the black people were on Joe side. And I was like, guys, there's a dead woman and her boyfriend yeah. in the wake of this trial. Like, what the fuck, yeah. dude? That's like that... Uh, I'm going to reference the Bill Burr from the New Paper Tiger where he's like, he just says, at one point there will be a female president and all the women start going, woo! And he's like, you don't even know her fucking platform. <laughs> She has the same genitals as me. <laughs> that's so true. That's how, that's how I felt during the whole OJ thing. Just people woo. like, free juice, let the juice run. I'm like, uh-uh. Yeah. Uh-uh, no. Yeah. That motherfucker's guilty as shit. Remember after he was acquitted, he released a book called I Did It with a tiny little if? Yes. With a tiny yes. little if? So or he just said, I did it. If you watch the when they read him the, the, the not guilty verdict, he goes, yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, again, innocent people yeah. don't fucking do that. Like, And then uh, the Seinfeld bit about the glove. Not, remember they tried, had him try on the glove and the glove didn't fit? And yeah. then in Seinfeld it was right. the, uh, the bra. The glove don't fit. Yeah. yeah. Quit. Yeah, it's got to fit up against the skin. Yeah. <laughs> you can't put a bra over a t-shirt. <laughs> All the and Mishki. That was, she was the heir to the Hershey's chocolate bar. She was. Fortunate, right? And she's yeah. wearing it like a top. 
Yeah, she was wearing a bra like a top. One of those episodes as a kid, I was like, I want to watch Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Seinfeld's the greatest show right now. (laughs) Why can't they all have braless women? (laughs) Um, I like to point out a side note. I just tried to scroll down a pad of paper. (laughs) Oh, no. That literally just happened. Oh, no. Holy shit. Okay. (laughs) Woo! All downhill from here now. Good God. (laughs) Hey, you know what's the box office king of 1994? Wasn't Forrest Gump? Mm Mm-mm. That was the Academy Award picture winner. Uh, was it Philadelphia? No. Yeah, everyone was rushing out to watch the AIDS picture. I thought it was a big movie. <laughs> it was big in terms of like it addressed the All giant elephant in the room, but it, it, I don't think it, like it was a money maker. I can scratch Philadelphia, Philadelphia off my list now, though. Yeah, Tom Hanks, AIDS, uh, the end. And uh, what's his face? Uh, Springsteen. Uh, that oh, single yeah. was huge. Streets of Philadelphia. That, that single. Was fucking nah, everywhere. Nah, nah, nah. And I always like. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to jump nah, in on, on the, but uh, I always like. Um, it's fucking, what's his name? The, his lawyer. Denzel. Oh, Denzel. Denzel. That's right. He's when awesome. He in that shakes movie. his hand and then he just wipes, wipes his it. hand. It's like, there's a, there are great performances in that yeah. movie. Yeah. Like, now it would be like, why don't we have an actual gay man dying of AIDS playing the character? <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be kind of the world now. But anyway, sorry. You were the saying. box office king mm. oh. was of the lion variety. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Lion, lion King, king was 94, man. Interesting. Yeah, I remember that movie fucking being massive. I re- yeah, I remember seeing it in theaters and being blown away at that opening scene. What's interesting about that flick is that it was supposed to be, like, at that point... It was their B team. It was their B team. I think mm-hmm. their A team was working on Pocahontas. Pocahontas, the pick of the poke. And, <laughs> and that's, a, well, that's a teaser for a future, <laughs> a future podcast. No one expected it to make any money. Um, no. And then all of a sudden it became the highest grossing flick of the year. That's and crazy. It was the number one movie. I didn't realize it was... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know why? It's because you got that Elton John star power behind you. I can't believe it beat Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump was a fucking Not by much. I'm looking at the worldwide gross. Uh, it did uh, 76 million Forrest... Uh, 760 million. Forrest Gump did 670. Is that so, back when the foreign uh, take was like $3? Probably. Yeah. And also I'm imagining like anime and movies have global appeal you can sell that anywhere because cute talking True. animals like drop in any voice yeah, yeah Forrest Gump's about American history I'm sure a bunch of people in Vietnam were like fuck this movie yeah. <laughs> like I don't give a yeah, shit yeah, about yeah. them coming over here and shooting a bunch of us like uh, can I take guy. a quick aside just to talk about voice acting controversies in their modern world what's happened well it happened a while ago remember that uh, the Wes Anderson movie the dog uh, oh Island dogs? yeah and everyone was pissed off that uh, all the dogs spoke English and everyone else spoke Japanese. It's like, do you understand how animated movies work in other countries? Uh-huh. Do you do you understand that in Japan all the dogs would speak Japanese? Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> it's all relative, folks. Do you, do you guys get how markets work? I don't. I don't understand it. <laughs> I don't understand it anymore. I just thought that was funny. That just made me think of the Lion King because it's it is brilliant with animation. You can just drop in the voice from mm-hmm. any country. So it never took me years to realize fucking Ferris Bueller. He's uh he's Simba. He's Simba. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and somehow fucking yeah because of Home Improvement. Home Improvement and then somehow fucking this Ferris Bueller, Matthew Broderick outlived him career wise. Yeah, he, he's still going. He's that, still going. He's still fucking. You can't Did stop. you see him on Comedians in Cars getting coffee? I saw part of it. He's just so uh, yeah. He's like, so charming. He's so spaced out. But like he's great. not really there. But it's great. It's adorable. But I'm I'm like. Is this trauma induced or are you not really that bright? You are an actor. 
<laughs> it's like it's I a don't. hard call because he killed a guy, right? Like, didn't he kill a guy in an accident when he was younger and got a, got away with it? Did, did Matthew? Did, what? Hold on. I think Matthew Broderick pulled a, a, a Jenner and he, he killed a dude. Fuck off. Yeah. Or he had his like girlfriend or something died in the accident too. Like something insane happened with him. Hold on. Holy shit! Check this out. Uh, August 5th, 1987, while driving a rented BMV, Broderick crossed in the wrong lane and collided head-on with a Volvo driven by Anna Gallagher, 28, and her mother, 63, killing both instantly. Yeah. He was vacationing with Jennifer, Jennifer Grey, who they, they were dating. Lucky bastard. <laughs> and the crash publicly revealed their relationship. That's the takeaway? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, internet. Jesus Christ. But, um, yeah, so I wonder if he's just a little broken, or if, or if... Well, this testimony, listen, this is his testimony. I don't remember the day, I'm gonna try to do my best Matthew Broderick, I don't remember the day, I don't remember even getting up in the morning, I don't remember even making my bed. What I first remember is waking up in the hospital with a very strange feeling going on in my leg, because he, he fractured his leg. Oh, Jesus. He was charged with causing death by drug. Yeah, you, holy shit, I had no idea. Yeah. That might be it, dude. Like, might... you don't walk away from that without feeling nothing. Yeah, he might be a little fucked up from that. Yeah, maybe. He's just he's just probably had to meditate a lot to, like, live with himself. Yeah, or make up. Because it doesn't sound like he was drunk or on drugs or anything. It just, he just, no. it just was a fuck up. It was just an accident. Yeah, it sounds like he just drifted into a lane. Oh, oh, Jesus, that's awful. Yeah. Damn. Well, thanks, Carson. No, no worries. <laughs> All right, you know what else I got? I, right. What can we transition into from that one? Uh, let's see if I can just fucking pull this plane up. I just watched Shawshank Redemption last night. I was, I was thinking it was going to come up because it's always, uh, Forrest Gump versus Shawshank is always the conversation with yeah. any group of people. Yeah, because it was supposed, I personally think it should have won. Oh, yeah. Rewatching it last night. Because, again, Forrest Gump is so American specific. Shawshank it's, is a, a Stephen King. It's it's just, but it's all about hope. Yeah. It's all about the idea of, like, no matter how fucking horrible the forces outside get, you still have something inside of you that yeah, they can't yeah. take away. Yeah. And just watching it last night, there was a lot of shit I never really clued into. Like, for example, um, whenever uh, they start fucking putting together the library and all that, and Andy just keeps having these projects to keep himself preoccupied like if it's not the rock hammer it's putting together the fucking library if it's not the library it's Tommy the kid and just slowly it all starts to get compromised and corrupted by fucking one of the greatest villains of all time um do you want, while you're looking that up, do you want to know something sad? What? I haven't seen Shawshank Redemption in probably 20 years. It was really? 25 years old. And I saw The Green Mile once, and I always mix imagery. Okay. Because they're both Stephen King short films that take place in a prison. It's true. So I'm always mixing the imagery of like of the hallway and the guy with the mouse. I'm like, is the guy with the mouse, is he from... Sh- no, he's from, he's from Green Mile. Are they Frank Darabont, too? Yeah, I they believe are, they huh? are. So, so same director. It, it meshes together in my it brain. It is the same director. Yeah, and also, what's that guy who's Frank Darabont always uses him in his Stephen King movies. He plays Haywood in that movie. Um, um, I forget the name of the Barry actor. Pepper. Uh, yes, yes. The, um, the noted Scientologist Barry Pepper. Is he really? He is. How do you think he got into uh, into that Scientology movie, uh, Battlefield Earth? Battlefield Earth. Really? Ninety four. Man, I wish Battlefield Earth was ninety four. <laughs> That movie is a f- clusterfuck. No, wait, William Sadler. No, okay. Yeah, William Sadler. He's been in uh, he's in the Mist. He's oh, in, that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. Green Mile. He's in this flick. But um, he's so sweaty in that flick. In Green Mile, he is. Well, I mean, he's in prison. He's, he's supposed was, to be in the South. It's yeah. Fucking awful. Yeah. But the easiest way to delineate them is that in fucking 
visually, Shawshank's very bright. Green Mile's very dark. It's very washed out. That yeah. was the beginning of that whole goddamn teal movement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't it, fucking stand it. It looks very much like the uh, the Godfather of that movie. Everything's black in the mm-hmm. background, but the characters are lit. Mm-hmm. And two, the gods, the guards in Shawshank's are dicks. Yeah, the guards <laughs> like, are so lovely. There's so, like, like Clancy Brown is second only to like Arlie Ermey in Full Metal Jacket uh, it's just dickishness the, uh, those dickish authoritarian figure but what the fuck you tell me fuckstick they're all dis- addressed to you he has some of the best lines I have ever heard in that movie you can get fuckstick back into the vernacular fuckstick the one I, I use regularly um, it's whenever he beats the shit out of the fat guy on the fresh fish scene and he's okay. like if I <laughs> if I so much as hear a mouse fart in here I swear by God and sunny Jesus every single one of you will visit the infirmary and just a mouse's <laughs> fart is one of like the best fucking terms. I ever. hope on the cutting room floor is a shot of a surprise looking mouse and a fart sound effect laid in that didn't make the cut just of the a film. Fucking a mouse <laughs> cramming its tail up its asshole. It was Mr. It was Mr. Jinx? Mr. Jingles? What was his name? Oh god, yeah, is it the mousy He's playing a Frenchman with his mouse. Mr. Jinky or Mr. Jangles? Mr. Jangles. Or he steps on him and squishes him. He's a little pool of blood under his head. Yeah, yeah. And then he's healed and... and, and, and he, his... he sucks the black he shit vomits out. Vomits out the black... I've always seen that once. Dust. I remember being like, yeah, I'm just going to watch Shawshank. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I, honestly, I think I said this... Um, I think the last of the podcast before where I think Stephen King is unadaptable unless you're Stanley Kubrick. Because I can't think of a single really... like I guess Shawshank too, but how close is it to the original short? That's like a good point. That. And I think that's the thing, is that if you base it on a short, maybe you have more artistic liberty. More to, to play around. But that movie's cast... King is like 9 out of 10 horrible. Oh yeah, and the famous Out in the Rain. Well, that's the funniest thing I loved about Shawshank Redemption. The poster totally ruins the end of the movie. <laughs> that he got out. <laughs> that he gets out, he's in the rain. Yeah. Oh, he's killed me. Did you, man, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, Kevin Costner, and Tom Newman... Uh, sorry. Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, and Kevin Costner were all fucking attached to do... Uh, Andy Dufresne as a character which like I wouldn't peg Tim Robbins necessarily Kevin Costner would have been horrible he would have been terrible that would have been star power Kevin Costner and also he he just looks too mean like Tim Robbins has like this naive boyish look about him that entire movie even despite the fact he's like 6 foot 2 yeah like he's just so Hudsucker Proxy drives that home oh my god you You know know, for kids (laughs) (laughs) Um, sorry yeah, like, compare him to that movie. Like, he's such a cartoon character yeah. in that one. But this one, like, I just watched again last night how much he downplays Andy of just, like, that scene where he's like, I didn't kill my wife, Red, but I, I put her where she was when she died kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it makes you realize, like, that's what I love about Andy's character is that he's just pure unbridled hope. Yeah. Like, when you see him on face value, he's just, you can miss him in a lineup of one. But when you start to talk to him, just how inspiring he gets, the whole... Jesus parable of that movie of mm-hmm. he's this guy who comes to them and spreads like this message of like hope and inspiration and then he leaves the prison and then all the prisoners tell stories about him after he's gone yeah. and like it's just kind of like this really interesting thing like he is this beacon of light he's E.T. for all intents and purposes <laughs> you know like, except his toy didn't look like a dildo no instead of like a little shiny finger he just gets raped a he lot he gets raped a lot I hear a lot for like, a two lot. years he gets raped yeah. by the ginger from fucking Rush Hour yeah who's also uh, the dude from Aliens. Damn, Vasquez, you just too bad. Oh, yeah. yeah like, that guy was everywhere in the He's 90s. He's raping everybody. <laughs> I don't think he raped Vasquez. I don't. I read between the lines on that one. Maybe, maybe remember, he's like, <laughs> once you've had Colonium Poontang, you can't, maybe, like... The only mention of another alien in all of that entire franchise 
Maybe it's like the government knows about aliens, but no one else does. Or is that just like the name of a colony? Of people? And the people there is like saying, once you've had like, I don't know, Dominican. Norwegian pussy, yeah. you know, you never turn back. Possibly. Is it that what he meant? Because it was like Arturian Poomtang yeah, or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought that. I guess it could be just a colony of people. Yeah, maybe. And they're all just super slutty. Kind of takes away the mystique of, like, I thought they were having sexy space sex, like Captain Kirk. Like, we just tentacles wrapped yeah, around Yeah, dude. Like, uh, Ego, the living planet, is yeah. banging their way across <laughs> the galaxy. The Mask. Which is the only Jim Carrey movie I, like, from that era, I legit, like, I'm sorry, I know that's not a popular opinion. Uh, well, didn't you say Dumb and Dumber, The Mask, and Ace Ventura all came out in 1994? They yeah, were all in 1994, yeah. Because I... Love Dumb and Dumber, as you know. That's one know, of my one of my favorite comedies. And somehow like, we're still friends. I, Austin Powers and Dumb and Dumber are my two favorite dumb comedies. They're just they're so amazing, and uh, and uh, and the party. Peter Sellers, the party. Okay, okay. Which is just is stupid, but it's just older. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the reason I can dig the mask over Ace Ventura and Dumb and Dumber is that at least there's a reason he's an idiot. Right. I just don't like whatever Jim Carrey's character is a fucking idiot. Well, Dumb and Dumber, they're supposed to be two dumbass people. Well, Dumb and Dumber, I, I kind of, like, again, I give a little bit more credence than Ace Ventura because it's like, they're not really dumb. They're just assholes. They're, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're they're just kind of selfish assholes. They're, they're, they're unobservant assholes. But, like, Ace Ventura, I'm like, why would a pet detective be this yeah. essential? Who would hire this man? Jim, I know this is a comedy, The but... writer was pissed because he envisioned it as, like, a Fletch type movie. See, I can see that. Yeah, and I, then he came in and started talking to his butt and doing his whole living color routine. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah, see, that's why... That's it was huge. That's where I fall off, but people loved it. The Mask, I can follow a bit, and also I'm a sucker for Looney Tunes and Tex Avery. Right. So, like, all those, like, references, like, The Wolf and all that shit, I can yeah, get into. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know, like, I, I, I'm, also, it's kind of a film noir, it's very film noir in its look. It almost kind of reminds me of Dick Tracy in its setting. In, in a, a couple... strange way. Yeah. yeah. I guess because it was a comic book, they were doing that bold comic book lighting. Totally. Of the early 90s. No one ever seems to be perturbed, though, in that movie, that this green-faced psychopath shows up to a nightclub. <laughs> seem fine with it. Whose face stretches in, like, cartoon-like <laughs> yeah. proportions. Moves on. Everyone just kind of ignores him. It always bugged me about that movie. I'm like, what exactly is going on? Do you remember Son of the Mask? I don't think anyone chooses to remember Son of the Mask. They released some dancing baby trailer, like, the summer before it was supposed to come out and hadn't even started filming it yet. Was that what happened? Yeah. With the, the not the Loki, yeah, it was, it was, the Loki uh, mask. yeah, with, um, uh, Cumming, Alan Cumming. Yeah. And it was, um, it was about a guy, no, it was like, it was a really horrible, like a Jeff Dunham type comedian guy. And then he wore the mask. His face, but I can't remember his his, his name. Hold and the on. whole thing was because they didn't know what to do because like they just had a teaser trailer of a dancing baby, and they were like, "The mask too, coming next." Blah, 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 blah. And then um, <laughs> it was Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy. And then so the thing, the thing is, he's wearing the mask when he impregnates his wife, so the baby has the power of the mask just in him, and so it's just a CGI like early '90s CGI person. So I mean, it makes Tarkin look good. You know? <laughs> And I'm it's all, just horrible. And it also began the trend of like people making awful Jim Carrey sequels without, without Jim the, Carrey. It's like Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, it's like what are you doing? Unless you have the dude, don't fucking do it, man. Wait, was was the sequel Dumb and Dumber two, or was the sequel Dumb and Dumber? Because the third one, I which is Dumb technically and... the sequel, was that just called two, but T O O T O T O Dumb and Dumber two. Yeah, that's that's the second one. So the, that's the second one. 
That's the third. I'm sorry. That's the one with Lloyd. That's the Harry actual. Lloyd. Yeah, sequel. that were they came back. And then the prequel is Dumb and Dumberer. 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 When, oh yeah, when Harry met Lloyd. When Harry. That's it. So they're riffing off of another movie's title. So basically, what <laughs> happened? Always a good sign. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the 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 Farrelly brothers didn't even touch that middle one. No, no, they weren't involved at all. And the sequel was absolutely the worst thing I've ever fucking seen. But like, that's my point about Dumb and Dumber. I'm like, this know, is like... lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Like, why you thought you could do this twice is a fucking stupid idea. I don't know. Like, maybe it's just the timing of Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey's delivery that draws me into it so much, or just the sheer like it is the cinematic equivalent of laughing at someone slipping on a banana peel. <laughs> like it is like old school vaudeville. Stupid! It's sure. just so dumb, and for some reason, it tickles my fancy the every fa- single time I watch it. The Farrellys do have a very unique, dark, cruel sense of humor, which I find hilarious. Like that, the one part I will give you that makes me laugh every fucking time I watch that movie: hmm. the blind kid with the bird, the little bird, the Fuck, bird. That's the funniest fucking shit I've ever seen. It's like, like duct tape. Pretty bird. So fucking. They like just kill people. Like they they do a hot sauce challenge that causes the guy. They change his pills out. Remember the guy oh that's God, trying to right. kill them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that's why I like it more than I think any other Jim Carrey movie because it doesn't make any sense. It's right. like a road movie where assassins are after them because they're yeah. trying to deliver a briefcase to a girl he's obsessed with. It's a little like, um, what's it called? <laughs> the difference between The Hangover and Dude, Where's My Car? That one right. is The Hangover. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, Where's My Car? is just like, oh, you're not trying. But I, there is, I can see the effort being put into Dumb and Dumber. I know? had the time I remember because I was right in the middle of of smoking weed dude runs my car was great and I've ne- I've only watched it once uh, so it was like an 17 or 18 or 19 year old again high and going oh Ashton Kutcher man <laughs> I want to do a quick aside too again just about Ashton Kutcher I've been because you know you don't understand my love of Frasier yeah I don't get it I love Frasier but I, which what, also if I'm not mistaken was 94 well 90, 93 93 mm. um I've been rewatching Cheers. I'm like, Cheers is really good too. It's a like I love Cheers, it's a, but I don't see any real difference between Cheers and Frasier. Watching them in bulk right now, I'm like, it's literally the same people making it. So it's just they just focused on one of the characters and then made almost the exact same show. Like okay. Ted Danson's character is Roz, and then like every character in Cheers is sort of represented in Frasier. But I can it's, see that it's it's I love Frasier. I can see that. But I don't think my... Um, oh my this... god, John Mahoney's totally coach. Yeah. Holy shit, yeah, you're right, yeah. wow. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just solid timing, I think. It's just the lightning in a bottle cast thing where they just play off each other so well, yeah. so sometimes the jokes aren't as important as the performance. I think that's what makes Cheers and Frasier so great. But I was worried it was my, my nostalgia talking until I went back and watched that 70s show and something else, some other fucking 90s sitcom. <laughs> oh, Third Rock from the Sun. And I just sat there, like, Robin Williams in that, that uh, photographer movie where he's a murderer and he's watching The Simpsons just stone-faced. What is that called? Like uh, One-hour photo. One-hour photo. <laughs> I was Robin Williams one-hour photoing to Third Rock from the Sun, and uh, and that other one I mentioned is now immediately slipped my mind. Uh, that 70s show. That 70s show. They are atrocious. They make no sense why they were so popular. And I loved them when right. I watched them when they came out. That 70s show was huge. It was huge. Yeah. And I'm just watching it going, like, this is the, like, laugh-trackiest, most basic bullshit pause-for-applause humor. Th- I like to think that's... Se- it's been a while since I've seen it, but I like to think that 70s show would hold up. It does, I, For I, me, it doesn't I was at all. Ne- I was never a Third Rock fan. No, I, Third Rock... I, I, I love Third Rock from the Sun. I love that 70s show. Because I was, I was like... 
I can't, like, I'm an objective person. I can't be blinded over Frasier. Right. And so I went back, and that's why I started watching Cheers, because I never had seen Cheers. Mm. I'm like, this is great. But <laughs> it gave us Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's true. And he's charming as fuck, so there it is. It's, it's just unwatchable. What else have we got for the 90s? You know what's not unwatchable? Mm. Pulp Fiction. Ah, huh? Pulp Fiction. Ninety fucking four, baby. That's that's the that's the one that um, made Tarantino, arguably, because yep. Reservoir Dogs was popular, but it wasn't. He got a screenplay <laughs> win for that one, so I think that's what really boosted it. Yeah, it was like it could be like an Academy Award winning movie, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, and actually, now that I think about it, didn't Uma Thurman and fucking uh, Sam Jackson get Oscar nods for that flick? Maybe. Um, Nominations, at least. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure they got. No- yeah, they got. Did uh, they ignore uh, Travolta because he was like screaming about Scientology at everyone? <laughs> well, I think he fucking got it kind of pushed to the side because he already had a thing. But like Uma Thurman and fucking Sam Jackson, people are like, who are these guys? Right, right. Like, what the where'd they come from? Um, you know what took me years to figure out about Pulp Fiction, and it's something that only if someone who watched it for, like a new fresh pair of eyes could have realized. I never did. Is that movie, because Tarantino movies ultimately underneath all of it, they except for Reservoir Dogs, mm. I think they're all mostly like desperate love stories about saving somebody or like getting getting someone out of danger. There's I always kind of yeah, yeah. There's always some element of like we have to help this person get this innocent person get the fuck out. Of here. Mm-hmm. And if you watch Pulp Fiction chronologically, mm. it plays out suchly. They go to fucking uh, Brent's house. Jules has the divine intervention moment. He says, fuck it, I'm out of the life. So he leaves. So the next day, fucking Vincent and Marcellus have to go to Butch's house instead of Jules, right? Mm -hmm. Marcellus decides to go get coffee. He leaves his Uzi behind. And then Vincent decides to take a shit. Had Jules been there, whenever Butch walked in, he would have capped him game over, right? So the whole time, I was always like, "What, what the fuck is the purpose of this movie? If you th- and I always bug me Fabian. Why does Fabian get so much screen time, despite the fact she's just this weird kind of like light character, French ish kind of character who just doesn't really What's do a little pot belly. Like granted, like they're adorable together. It's one of my favorite on screen couples, just because he's this raging lunatic and she's just yeah, this yeah. tiny little innocent thing. He, he probably fucking backhanded her a few times. With the sad, but the sad truth. I rewatched it recently. I don't think he does. No, dude. you think like, that's the thing? Because you couldn't easily put that in there. But there's a moment I fucking love in that movie. It's, it's the long take whenever he's on the bike. And she comes down, and he's like, baby, we gotta go, come on! She starts yeah. crying, he's like, I'm so I'm sorry, so sorry. Like, just, yeah, he can't yeah, yeah. even stand seeing her cry. Yeah, like, he can't, he doesn't like hurting her. He's a violent asshole in everything in his life, except... Except for her. Like, her. he's his, that he's his one thing. He's like, you're my life, I want out of this. Mm. So I love the idea that divine intervention intervenes so that that couple could get away from this world of fucking horrible people. I guess that people. is ultimately what it is, That's it? all it's about. And I'm like, that's fucking so clever. You don't get that when you watch it chronologically. No, no. But I watched it with a friend. She was like, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. Sam Jackson wasn't there, so, you know, Travolta dies. He makes his truce with fucking Marcellus, and then they get to live happily ever after. I'm like, holy fuck, yeah. that is what Pulp Fiction's about. Like, Do you know if it was always intended to be out of sequence? I don't know. I've always wondered that ever since Sally Menke passed, mm-hmm. and all the movies tend to be less... Uh, well, they tend to be chronological. They don't jump around as much. Christian Nolan just took over for that that trope. Really. Right, yeah. right. So I always wondered, like, who had the final say as to the sequencing of events, if it was Tarantino or Menke. Yeah. Because she structured, if it's her, someone structured that movie beautifully. I feel like it was probably her. 
I feel like Tarantino. It's like that Patton Oswalt routine. <laughs> yeah, you say it because yeah. yeah, it's true. It's just uh, I won't like I'm gonna butcher it, but Pat, the Patton Oswalt routine of men should be directors, women should be editors because men just go out and spray their fucking cum camera everywhere, and then women clean up the mess. It was like I'm gonna take over now, dum dum. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make this something that works like a baby. Yeah, comparing like yeah, conceiving a child to making a movie. It's yeah. like men are like, look at my importance, and a woman has to be like, okay, let's settle this <laughs> are you, down. Are you done? Let's like, make this work. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, like, I, I don't know whose idea it was, but it just crafts that movie so beautifully that, like, once I realized that, I'm like, oh, Fabiola's one of the best characters. Yeah, like, she doesn't, sick. she don't want none of this. Like, she just wants some pan- blueberry pancakes. She wants some blueberry pancakes for a, fucking breakfast. And a pot belly. But yeah, that's all I really have to say about Pulp Fiction. I'm like, once I realized that, I'm like, this movie just jumped up a notch in terms of how brilliant it is. I want to know now um, if Tarantino is religious. No, I'm curious about that. Because you never know, right? You never know. It's yeah. like finding out Beck's a Scientologist, and you're like, fuck! Yeah, you, you never, never know. know. Like, if you could be a Bible thumper underneath you it You never all. know. Yeah, it does come up a lot. We just watched uh, Death Proof again the other day, which Is I... Is there a I, lot of... No, but I think there was at one point someone's wearing a cross. Or am I still thinking of Shawshank? I'm was it a cross hanging off of a little toe? <laughs> there was way more foot shit in that oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Like, to the a bunch point, of girls hanging out. To the point where, like... Kurt Russell's like leaning on Rosario Dawson's toes and licking them. It's like, dude, yeah, subtlety. We yeah. get it. Like, what are you, Randy fucking Newman? Yeah. Like, subtlety, dude. I guess he doesn't count that as a Tarantino movie because Hateful Eight was his eighth film. It should have been his ninth if they oh, you're counted right. Death oh, you're Proof. Right. But I love, I love Death Proof. It's a weird little like two act gr- uh, exploitation grindhouse thing. Yeah, it's yeah. great. No, the first time I watched it, I think I did Planet Terror and... Uh, I, can't, I can't do Planet Terror. And that was just it. I did both back-to-back, so by yeah. the time I got to Death Proof, I was so tired. I was like, yeah. oh, I think I'm done with this. That's what it was like seeing in theaters. And they knew, because they knew everyone would walk out after Death Proof. Right. <laughs> so yeah, like, you put the headlining act. Yeah, that's uh, at the end. And so I remember sitting through theaters like, oh, fuck, this stupid Josh Brolin nightmare is never going to end. Yeah, that's oh, true. He bit, the, he bit the thermometer. Does she have a fucking shotgun, a machine gun? For like, okay, we're going there, Rodriguez. Oh, I hate you, Rodriguez. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm watching it again this time, like, like this forced from fucking, uh, from Planet Terror. Mm. It was a, a lot more, like, it's one of my favorite new feminist movies ever yeah, it, made. It's it, so weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I love how it turns on a dime, like, it's almost the exact same story. But then she shoots him. She just shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, and then immediately the, the narrative flips and you're like, yeah. oh, the, everything's backwards now. Everything. Like, and then he's such a little bitch. He becomes such a fucking bitch. <laughs> oh my god, oh my god. He's run out of his car. Oh, and... <laughs> Kurt Russell. Like, I don't want to take away any, anything away from Rosario Dawson, Zoe Bell, and oh, I forget the name of the other actress, who's the, the one who's driving. The little wide-eyed one? Yeah. And also Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who I didn't even oh, yeah. I didn't even recognize I her. She's there too. Um, but I don't want to take away anything away from those three because they're awesome. But Kurt Russell when he's shrieking like he's such like a breaking. Oh, yeah. it's the funniest like crying yeah. and shit. I'm sorry. I was just I was just playing around. I'm sorry. And goddamn, if I don't want nachos now, even just thinking about the scene of right. him eating nachos, right? It just makes it look so good. He does it three times in Pulp because like he, I think you said before where that's he, his point. He, if you're gonna have food on camera, you, your audience wants good. to eat that food, or you failed. The yeah. big Kahuna burger. Yeah, oh, that looks so good. The fucking milkshake. Yeah, 
any well, that's not just Pulp Fiction, but anytime someone has a cigarette in those movies, I oh, fucking God, yeah. I, I Jones for one. There's, I think that is because there are some movies as a smoker. There are some movies where I'm like, oh, last thing I want right now is a cigarette. Right, like they have the guy, maybe he's a little sweaty sure. or something, <laughs> sucking it in. You're like, oh, it doesn't sound good. Or like um, Keanu Reeves in uh, Constantine. Every time he sucks on that, because it's supposed like, to look oh, awful. Yeah. yeah, but Tarantino <laughs> makes cigarettes look. So fucking good. I remember I started smoking super early. I was started smoking when I was fifteen, mm. and I'm one of my first bouts of trying to quit. I was still in high school, so I could have been more than eighteen years old. And it was like day one, and I made the mistake of popping in Reservoir Dogs. Yeah, no. and the opening scene, You're smoking. It's like seven dudes making cigarettes look like the most delicious thing on the planet. And I was like, <laughs> I literally paused it, went out, got a pack, and it came back. I was like, fuck. God damn it. <laughs> uh, I'm in the throes of just trying to cut down now. I got the nicotine uh, lozenges. And, yeah? yeah just... Would you switch to a vape? Uh, not now. Oh, because of the... But the, I think... The... I would have before they got in bed, apparently, with the corn industry, and it's collapsing fucking lungs left and right. <laughs> I think it's that that was more so people just... Because you can buy... The, there's the jewel pods, and then mm. there's, like, the little accessory ones that have, like, you know, THC, and then ones that jewel can't license and all that. Mm. So these little side ones, are, I think, are the ones that are, like, causing uh, health issues. And I just don't trust them at all anymore, because, like, if, like... Rewind the clock to 2009, I am the number one vape supporter, because I'm like... all Because all it was was nicotine molecules suspended in H2O, uh. heated up artificially until it becomes steam, and you, you inhale it. Easy peasy. Government of Canada was lobbied by big tobacco, made them illegal. Mm. Couldn't fucking get them. So what happened when they suddenly became legal? Well, big tobacco got in the game. Right. Started making deal with corn industry. Started buying up all the trademark companies that oh invented God. these things. And That's now like they're Darth Vader teaming up with Hitler, like the two worst corporations possible. And now, surprise, surprise, they're legal in Canada and they're fucking yeah. collapsing people's lungs. So fuck. Thanks for taking something pure, much like tobacco. Yeah. Fusing yeah. it with horrible chemicals and killing everyone. You, I think I've I've ballyhooed many a time about how irritating I get irritated I get by anti smokers. Right. So I'm like you are really just trying to band aid cancer here. Yeah. Like, actual yeah. tobacco burning is is no worse for you than having a cup of coffee and sitting next to a campfire. Yep. All the chemicals are what skyrocketed cancer rates, with skyrocketed lymphoma and all these things, and put a strain on our medical system. Right. You won't lobby to get the chemicals taken out. You no. just want to make them illegal. Well, and also that will fucking, like, it takes the fucking pressure off the tobacco industry. Like, no, 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 it's not necessary. It's, it's tobacco's the issue and all the shit we're putting into right. it. Like, No, it's ins- it's insane the mindset, though, when you meet, like, an avid anti-smoker. Like, my father had lung cancer and died when I was sick sure. and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, but you, you're so passionate about it, you've lost the, the logic of it, yeah, yeah. Of like, if 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 three companies made all alcohol in the world and they started putting arsenic in the alcohol, would you outlaw alcohol, <laughs> or would you fight to get the arsenic out of the alcohol? Because that's, that's what happened with cigarettes. That's a really good point, right? It doesn't make any sense to no, me. No, it does not. All right, I, which, do we cap it here, man? Or what yeah, we might as well. I guess surprise, surprise, guys, we're doing a two-parter because there's so much to fucking. Because 1994 about. is fucking. Girthy man, and you know us. We tend to we tend to ramble on, so we can't we can't just bullet point this shit. That's no fun. Nah. So um, yeah, we're gonna continue this next week. Tune in next week for the exciting part two of ninety four. The conclusion, the climax and conclusion, the cum shot of nineteen ninety four. More four. Yeah, more four. More four. Four more four. <laughs> four more. I wanted to jump in with you, but then I tripped on the same one. I was like, four, four more. more. Ah, fuck oh. it. I tried. Uh, he's on his own. Oh.
Thanks for listening. Because I have to, I still have a, yeah, I have to get to my best. Not yeah, my I, got, I got some random I shit to get you to. Top five. So um, check us out, spaceactionheroes.com, blah, 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 wrap it up. You all know. If you're listening, you know us, you love us, we love you too. Thank you so much. I love you so much. Bye. <sighs>